we did we did the plague of locusts, we did the plagues of plague of darkness, and this is where we pick it up again today. Paro calls to Moshe and he says, go, serve God, rak, but so last time he agreed for the Jews to go. He says, only the men can go. The children can't go. Now he comes up with another one. He says, all right, everyone can go. We're even going to let your children go. Your children will also go with you, but your flocks and your cattle, that should be left. Presumably he wants to keep them here in Egypt. So, you know, they, they come back. Let us stay in this place. Moshe, Moshe said, not only, as Rashi says, not only we're going to take our cattle with us, but you're going to provide us as well with cattle. Not like you say that our, we're going to leave our, cat, our, our animals here. No, we're taking our animals with us. And you too are going to give us sacrifices and olot, burn offerings. So the difference between sacrifice and burnt offering, sacrifices are offerings that not all of it is burnt on the altar. Some of it is. And the rest of it is eaten by the owners, the konim. And as opposed to an ola, which means to go up, that goes up entirely. It's a all-consuming offering. Offers free COVID-19 emotional support. We will make them for the Lord, our God. And also our cattle will go with us. So you're going to give us animals and we're going to take our animals with us. See, I just did a little tune over here. That's on this word, if you look at this, um, what is it called? Cantillation on top of the nun is kind of a backwards thing or heading to, to the right. And that is called an Asla Gedish. And the tune is, it's kind of a big to-do. Not sure why in this context, but it is. Our animals will go with us. Not a single hoof will remain. For we will take from it, from these animals, to serve the Lord our God. And we do not know how we, much we will worship the Lord until we arrive over there. So it's not like we could take a certain amount of animals. We don't know. We got to take everything. Verse 27. God strengthened the heart of Paro. And he did not want to send out the Jews. Paro says, go from me. Go from here. He spoke Yiddish. He you shall no longer see my face. Be careful, beware. The day you see my face, you will die. So we had before, yesterday, we learned that Paro, after one, one meeting, he chased them out, or he had somebody chase them out. And here, he himself yells at them to get out, and he warns them, don't ever see my face again. So Paro is clearly not cowed. 
So Moshe says, you have spoken correctly. I shall no longer see your face. It's true. The truth is that he will see his face, but in that, in the, in that instance, Paro will come running to Moshe. But he says, what he says, he's no longer going to see your face. I'm not going to come to you anymore. You're going to end up coming to me. God said to Moshe, There's one more plague that I'm going to bring on Paro and on Egypt. And after that, he's going to send you out from here. When he lets you out, he will completely drive you out of here. means to chase out. And to chase you out of here completely. So in preparation of that eventuality, please speak into the ears of the people. And a man should ask from his fellow. And each woman from her friend. Vessels of silver and vessels of gold. Rashi says the word here, no, no, no means a lashon of bakasha, of request, of asking. And so God is almost begging Moshe to do this. Please do me a favor, God saying, and speak to the people that they should do this borrowing. Why is God so invested over here? Says Rashi, please do me a favor and make sure they do this so that that tzaddik Abraham, whom I told that the, his descendants will serve Will serve this foreign and this foreign land, and that that nation will will enslave them and oppress them. But I also promise that after that, they're going to go out with great wealth. So I don't want Avraham to say that the prediction or the prophecy, the deal, the part of the deal that they would be enslaved and oppressed, that was fulfilled. God fulfilled that. But the the good part that they're going to leave with wealth, he didn't fulfill. I don't want Abraham to say that. So therefore, please do me a favor, Moshe, and make sure that the people actually leave with wealth. Otherwise, I'm going to have issues with Abraham. Verse 3, And God caused the favor of people should find favor in the eyes of the Egyptians. And presumably that means that they were able to borrow this all of this stuff. Also, the man Moshe was great, very great in the land of Egypt, in the eyes of the servants of Paro and the eyes of the nation. So he was held in high esteem. So if we we've been talking about from the beginning of the talking about the plagues, that the point of the plagues is not just to afflict Egypt and not just to make them let the Jews go, because God has other ways to do that, but to actually make a point. And in this verse, you see that. You know, the point is actually made that people respect Moshe. You would think he's the source of all their problems. The Egyptians, the source of all their problems is this guy Moses who's bringing one disaster after another, one variant after another. And yet they respect him. They like him. Hey, I respect this Moses guy. He knows what he's doing. He's a man of God. That's really what it is. They see that he is, this guy is for real. This man is for real, I should say. And the people also, also, the Jewish people as well, 
also the source of their problems ostensibly, and yet they are uh, God causes that they they have find favor in the people's eyes. Moving right along, Vayoyim and Moshe, Moshe says, Koyom Arashem, so Rashi tells us right away that Moshe is saying this to Paro, and he says it to him while he's still in front of Pharaoh. He hasn't left Paro. As Rashi says, if he had already left Paro, he said, I'm not going to come see your face again. So Rashi explains, he said this before he left. But It was while he was standing in front of Paro that this prophecy was said to Moses, and he was able to repeat it to Paro right away. And the proof for that is that that's when it happened. That's the chronology. Because once he left, he didn't come back again. And so what does he say to Paro? He says, Ko Amar Hashem. So said God. And remember, this word ko, we got it right at the beginning of the whole story where God says to Moshe, he's not going to listen until I say ko of the 10th plague. That's when he'll listen. Ko Amar Hashem. So said God. At midnight, I, God, will go out within Egypt. Now here Rashi will give us two interpretations of the word kachatzot. Chatzot means midnight as a, as a noun. Chatzot is midnight, so chatzi is half. But you could Rashi's first interpretation that this is actually a verb. Chatzot is a verb. As they translated here, at the as the as the night divided, it's the same idea. It's midnight, but it's a verb at the at the dividing of the night. When the night will be divided, that's when this is going to happen. Rashi's second interpretation is second interpretation is that he is talking about midnight. And why does he if, why does he say kachatzois? Right, if he's talking about midnight, why doesn't this kachatzois in the first interpretation is ka? The the prefix ka is when the the night is divided, but kachatzois if it means midnight, it should say ba chatzois at midnight. Ba with a bay is not a cuff. The answer is that he's he specifically used this prefix of ka, which means around midnight. At about midnight, like, ka also means like, at, at like midnight, like the teenagers say, like. Moshe kachatzois, which means a, maybe a little bit before, maybe a little bit after, Jewish time, that's kachatzois. Why? Because maybe the astrologers of Paro will make a mistake and they will say, Moshe badoihu, Moshe is a liar. He said that the plague is going to start at 12, at midnight. And look, it's 12.01. Or look, it's 11.59. He's a liar. Pretty shocking that they would say that. But when God told, says Rashi, when God told Moshe about this, he didn't say at about midnight. He said at midnight. Tochna. Bidiyuk. Exactly. At midnight. But when Moshe says it to the to the to the people, again, this is all to impress upon them that Moshe really is the man of God. And if there's any room for them to claim something different, he wants to make sure that that doesn't happen. 
you also see the desperation of people and how um you know uh, confirmation bias they so invested in saying that moshe is not a man of god that they'll hang on a little string to say oh he's a liar people are complicated Verse 5, every firstborn in the land of Egypt will die. From the firstborn of Paro, who is sitting on this throne, to the firstborn of the maidservant that is behind the millstones. Meaning from the top of society, from Beverly Hills to the lowest levels of society, at least socioeconomically, and every firstborn of the animal. Now you're going to wonder what did what did the um, what did the shifra do and what the maidservant and what did the animal do? Let's see if Rashi responds, the addresses that. So Rashi first says, the firstborn of the captive, even though our verse doesn't mention the captive, it'll come a little later in, in Shemot, but here he says, Lama Loku why were the, the firstborn of the captives, why were they punished? So they shouldn't say that it was their deity that brought the vengeance upon Egypt. And why were the children of the maidservants punished? Because they too were, were enslaving the Jews and were rejoicing over their misfortune. They were not innocent. What about the animals? What did they do? The answer is, the Egyptians worshipped the animal. And so when God pays, repays the nation, he repays their deities, their idols. It's interesting. We had the question earlier, did they only worship sheep? Which is what... Moshe, God tells Moshe that they need to slaughter a sheep since that was the God of Egypt. They needed to defy the God of Egypt. Or were they worshipping all animals like you have in India where the cows get the, the right away on the road. So from here, it says the Bechoy the Behema, every firstborn animal. And if Rashi is saying they worship the animal, it seems to be talking about all animals. So it would seem. We'll have the research department look into it. Verse 6, There will be a great outcry in the land of Egypt. Such an outcry there never was. And like it, there will never be again. This, you may have noticed, comes up a number of times regarding the, the locust. There never was such locust. And so if we had the, the least... Uh, one other time that I can recall, and now I hear it again, that there's going to be an outcry in Egypt. There's never been such an outcry and never will be again. This is an interesting verse because why, why are we concerned with an outcry? The point is that there's going to be a lot of people going to be dying. Okay, another question. Verse 7, But for all the Jewish people, it's going to be quiet. Not one dog will wet its tongue against either man or beast. 
Lamanteidun, in order that you shall know that the Lord will separate between the Egyptians and between Israel. So this maybe helps us understand the previous verse that there's going to be this contrast with this wailing and tzaka uh, crying throughout Egypt, but for the Jews is going to be very different. And again, show the providence of God that God is in control of what's going on. Verse eight. Now Moshe tells Paro, all these servants of yours are going to come down to me and they're going to bow to me saying. Now Rashi is going to tell us he's actually referring to Paro himself, but he's using a euphemism. He's saying he, wants, he wants, doesn't want to insult Paro. He doesn't want to embarrass him. He's showing him some respect. He's still showing him respect. As we learned a couple of parshas ago, you got to respect the king. So he says, your servants, but he's actually referring to Paro, that Paro is going to come down to him and he's going to bow down to Moshe. And he's going to say, go out, you and all the nation that is at your feet. And that's when I will go out. And then he leaves Paro Bachariaf with burning anger. Ooh, Moshe kept his cool for nine out of ten. Over the tenth plague, Bachariaf, he leaves with anger. Interesting that he got angry. He showed respect for the for the king because in the end it was Paro himself that came to, to Moshe at night in the night. And he says, please get up and leave my nation. And yet Moshe did not say to him, you will come down and you will prostrate yourself. What does it mean that the the, the people who are at your feet, says Rashi, that expression means that they follow your advice and your way. Now, why was he angry? Why did he leave with burning anger? Rashi says, because he told them, don't see my face again. Moshe got angry. Verse 9, God said to Moses, I got news for you. Paro is not going to listen to you. In order to increase my miracles in the land of Egypt. If you would let the Jewish people go now, that's it. We wouldn't have a 10th plague. So we have the 10th plague. Rashi says, my miracles, that is plural. A mofet is a, is a miracle. Mofsai, my miracles. Revoice mofsai, increase my miracles. That's three. So what are the three? The plague of the firstborn, the splitting of the sea, and the stirring of the Egyptians into the sea. So the revoice mofsai alludes to three different miracles. And I must also tell you, that this phrase, is an allusion to the Rambam who lived in Egypt. How so? So you take the first letter of each of these four words, and what do you get? You get the word Rambam.
Verse 10, Moses and Aaron did all of these miracles in front of Paro, and God strengthened the heart of Paro, and he did not send the Jewish people out of his land. God said, see what time we're at over here. 8.26. Okay, we'll stop here, and we'll open it up to questions and comments.